you're listening to Rookie Pirate Radio, the official anime and manga podcast for InBetweenDrafts.com. I'm John Agroni. And I'm Travis Hymas. And today we have a special guest with us for an all new anime roundtable for Freerin Beyond Journey's End. And Travis, I'll let you do the honors of introducing our guest since she's a writer in the anime section of In Between Drafts, not the film section. So no, I'm certainly not qualified. Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. Uh, so we have here uh, Kayla Chu, the effervescent reviewer of Hell's Paradise and Overtake for the site. Uh, and she's I'm just going to gush for a little bit. Um, we've had Kayla writing for us for most of the year now. And every single time. Uh, I get to edit a review or another contribution of hers. It's uh, just a joy. Um, I hope you've been reading the Overtake reviews, uh, John, because she's been after your own heart. Every single one of them has started with a racing pun, and Ooh. I adore them. It's I watched so the good. first episode, so I can watch. I can read at least one of them. I need to get on. Yeah, there. yeah. You I need to race it. there. Um, uh, and uh, and then of course uh, I found out that she'd been watching the show and I invited her on so we could finally get this mythical episode out that is definitely not late uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So please uh, welcome Kayla. Thanks for having me. It's so great to be back on the podcast. I'm excited to talk about this wonderful show. I have to ask you, Kayla, since you're here, you're on the horn. We just, you know, we have the best anime series list coming out on the site soon. And it's not out as we record this. Maybe it'll be out by the time people listen. But what was what did you put down as your number one when I, I got to know? Oh, I got to be honest. I don't remember, but I'm going to take a shot in the dark and I'm going to say I think I went with Hell's Paradise. I see Travis like is looking like don't, he's got that look. Don't worry, eyes. gang. I've he's got the ballots. Hell's Paradise would yeah. make sense. Yeah, uh, it, when uh, when Kayla first came on, one of the uh, one of the questions that I ask everybody is, "What's your favorite uh, anime or manga?" And it was Hell's Paradise to begin with. So that's why I was mm. like, "We gotta have her on the the round table. We got the the whole thing." Um, and yes, it was it was your number one. Yeah, I had to show up for the best anime of the year that I read. Yeah. Right. Before we talk about all things Fear and, and, and all things Journey's End, Travis, uh, Travis, I've been getting these weird text messages. Want to know what they say? Text messages? Text messages, yeah. Uh, it's like, on my phone. Like to your phone number? Well, turns out we have a listener who is a thousand years old. Mm. And they've actually, you know, they've been listening to us for a long time and they just want to know if there happens to be a way for them to connect electronically with not just their companions, but, you know, maybe either electronically or maybe even psychically with the community at not just Rookie Pirate Radio, but also all things in between drafts. Unfortunately, I, I, due, due to their age, I have to explain this. They're a bit old fashioned. You know, they didn't know. They don't know the ins and outs, but I know you're hip and savvy. You're tech cool. So what, what do I say? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to assume that they have like a rinky dink old Android phone since they're sending text messages. That's X. OK. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. It's fine. It's fine. There's a little. There's a little triangle. If you, if you go if you go on the phone, there's a little triangle you can hit, and it says Play Store, uh, and, and then you tap that. No, no, you got to tap it. Mm -hmm. You got you got to tap. Sorry, 
This is definitely them doing Vietnam this flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, Vietnam flashbacks for me. Uh, no, you tap that little triangle there, and then it'll take you to uh, the Play Store where you can download various apps. And one of those various apps is a little app called Discord. That sounds fine, but what if what if my friend, I mean me, I mean my friend, wants to find it on their desktop computer or anywhere else? Could well, they do that? Uh, yeah, uh, does Discord act, does Discord have a Windows Store app? I actually don't know. Uh, but you can uh, go on the internet, whatever your internet is, and uh, do a search for the word Discord there, and uh, you will find it eventually. Uh, it's a little, it's a little kind of like it looks like uh, one of those viewfinders, those old toys. You know, you put the little sliders. That's what the Discord logo looks like to me. Yeah, they just eyeballs. it's adorable they just responded they said the discord sounds fun but i'm not sure if i'd be able to go into like an anime channel and, and you know even find the latest i've written by kayla chu uh, but you could because once you have that app on your moto x uh all you got to do is is go to the show notes which is where you found john's personal phone number and there's a link in there. If you just click that link, it'll open you right up. It'll go right into Discord. You don't have to do anything. It'll hold your hand and it'll say, do you want to come into the awesome in-between drafts Discord server? And all you got to do is say yes. I'm hoping they know what the word yes means. Okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, and you know what? Since you mentioned the show notes, I'm looking right now and I see there's an email address in the show notes. I didn't even know we had yeah. one. Yeah, for, and that's and that's the uh, that's for the the folks who might be a little bit shy, uh, don't want to get the live updates when John has a crazy one piece theory. Uh, mm. You need a little bit of buffer room. Uh, you could send us an email, and that email address. Are you ready for it, John? Um, no, but say it anyway. Uh, it's going to be rookiepirateradio at gmail dot com. Rookie pirate. What radio rookie pirate radio at gmail.com. It's not easy Yahoo. to remember because it's the name of the show. Okay, cool. I wrote this all down. Um, Kayla, sorry you had to go through all of that. Oh, no, sometimes I need a refresher. It's good. Wow, you hear that, Travis? It's like twice as cringy when we have someone else here just waiting for us to get the bit over with. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. You know what, Travis? Somebody appreciates your explanations, you know? Yeah. Um, let's talk about this show. Uh, Freerun Beyond Journey's End is a new fantasy anime series from Madhouse Inc., which premiered back in September and is based on the popular manga created by Kanehito Yamada and Tsukasa Abe. Freerun centers around an elven mage fittingly named Freerun, who lives in a world reminiscent of Lord of the Rings, Legend of Zelda, and many a fantasy RPG where a party of variously talented heroes embark on a dangerous quest to defeat the evil Demon King. Only the twist with Freerun Beyond Journey's End is in its title. This story begins at the ending of a typical fantasy quest story, where Freerun and her companions have already saved the world and eventually parted ways. But Freerun being an elf who is already over a thousand years old means that she will outlive all of her friends many times over, and even though this ten-year journey was a definitive period of time for her companions, Freerun struggles to accept that it was equally meaningful to her. The series kicks off as a slow burn vignette with Freerun trying to reconcile her feelings and insecurities before setting off on a brand new quest, this time with a young apprentice she reluctantly takes on, knowing their time together will be fleeting, but maybe worth the experience. At the time of this recording, Freerun has released 15 episodes that you can check out right now on Crunchyroll. I believe it's doing two consecutive cores, and it's still ongoing. So Kayla Chu, we'll start with you. What do you think of Freerun Beyond Journeys, and do you want this journey to continue? 
Absolutely. I love that it takes place after the main adventure. Um, It's just a really interesting take on the fantasy adventure trope. I think it's really interesting also that Furen is an elf, because I feel like more often than not, we focus on the human party members. So it's really cool to see a different twist on a genre we all kind of know and love. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I I wrote a piece about this show back when the first four episodes premiered. They did a four-episode block. And I kind of mentioned, I invoked two things in it. I invoked Lord of the Rings and To Your Eternity. And I remember when I put that out, I was like, how many people are going to argue with me? Travis, this is your chance. I think you've been waiting. No, I think it's, uh, you know, you pitched it to me as something very similar. When we talked about it, I think on this show, um, I, I'm pretty sure that was a part of my reaction was like, that sounds a lot like To Your Eternity, where it's a lot more about the in-between moments rather than the the core of the adventure. And having now watched, I, I have watched all that has been released up to this point. And uh, I have to say, it does have a lot of of To Your Eternity's kind of similar tone, but it is much less melancholy than than To Your Eternity, which is to I think the the, the show's benefit because again, uh, Freerin as a, as an elf character, as a kind of a, a wizened elf character, kind of sits in a position usually in, in the trope where they're kind of like the wise mentor type, kind of disconnected uh, and just over everything. I think of like your Galadriels, for example, would be something I would compare her to. Um, Lord, like actual Lord of the Rings Galadriel. Um, and so by making her the central focus of this, there is there is a certain level of sadness to it, but it doesn't have the same kind of tragic weight uh, as to your eternity, which is again I, I think a strength uh, because uh, what you're seeing is freer in like relearning how to build relationships instead. Yeah, like correcting the mistakes that she feels she made when she was connecting with these three people. Um, one of them includes Heiter, who is this corrupt priest because he drinks all the time and, you know, he's supposed to be holy and righteous. Himmel the hero, which she has probably the most confusing relationship with. Like, she doesn't fully understand how she really feels about him. And then uh, Aizen, the dwarf warrior, who's there and who's awesome and fun. And, you know, we, we I love how the show does go back to these different moments in time. We do go back to that journey because Freerin recalls that journey. And so much of it is her being like, I can't believe I remember this. I can't believe this matters to me as much as it did. One thing I really want to praise the anime for is how much it is in service to the manga. The manga is where I started with this. And I was pretty far ahead when I started watching the anime. And I just think the manga really nails this kind of unique brand of cozy fantasy. I don't know if either of you like cozy fantasy novels, but I have been loving the like, I don't know if it's a resurgence or a new surgence, whatever you want to call it, of cozy fantasy books that are coming out all the time. There was like uh, Legends and Lattes was a big hit uh, last year. And I remember people were like, yeah, this is this is fantasy I want to read that's a little bit more chill, you know, a little bit more, you know, 
it's got a little bit more of a chill energy to it, but it also is unique for Uranus because it doesn't have this sort of over-the-top whimsy all the time. It does have the slow burn nature to itself. It does have a little bit of drama and, and intrigue, and it does have some of that existential dread too. Uh, what, what else would you compare it to, Kayla? Like, what, what is it about this show that's kind of hitting you the most? The thing hitting me the most is definitely the relationship between Buren and Himmel. And I guess it reminds me of the romances that I would read in like slice of life animes in a way, which sounds a little weird because we know what happens to Himmel and we know that Buren is processing her own emotions and how she's she the one who aged him. away. Yeah. But the way he acts towards her and how he shows how he feels about her reminds me of those kind of overt ways that the main male lead would act in Slice of Life mangas that I would read when I was younger. And it's kind of nostalgic in a way, even though I've never read the manga. So I don't know, it's just hitting these boxes for me that I didn't expect. But I'm also coming off of Dungeon Meshi, so it does have a lot of the similar tropes, but it's different enough where I'm enjoying it a little bit more than I thought I would be. I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you brought that up, too, about it feeling nostalgic, because I think the thing that I have liked the most about the anime specifically is that it is being done by Madhouse. Um, you know, Madhouse used to be a household name. Uh, especially when they were doing Death Note in particular. But for a really, really long time, they were they were right there with like Gynex and other uh, recognizable studios back in the in the 90s and 2000s when it was admittedly kind of harder to be a household name, especially in the international anime culture. And uh, I mean, I mean, there was a period of time where Madhouse was literally getting licensing, like multiple licensing deals with like Marvel and stuff back when that stuff didn't happen. Uh, and then some business practices basically led a bunch of their talented staff away, uh, ironically, to found uh, MAPA, which now finds itself in the same position. And the studio itself, Madhouse, is kind of looped back around. There is this kind of 90s anime feel to Freera. Not in that it, it looks like it's from the 90s. It's, it's very much a, a professional, well-rendered show for today. But the atmosphere, the the line work, the background work, there is this idea that it's almost out of time. It's it's almost ephemeral, difficult to like really quantify, but you know it when you see it. You know what I mean? And that's the vibe that I have over this whole thing. Is like this really feels like a show that Madhouse could have done in the nineties if they, you know, had the technology. I, I'm glad you brought up Madhouse again because I do want to say my other madhouse fave this year was my love story with yamada kuna level 999 i don't believe it made the best anime of 2023 but that's okay know that you know there's mistakes made in every website and i have to accept this one but um and also you know overlord is still pretty well known and i think that's one of the bigger ones these days one punch man obviously but I, yeah i think freerin is definitely like a big success for them at least in the making it's generating a lot of interest i think that the fandom for it is definitely increasing i've definitely noticed that honestly since you know i wrote the thing about it and we've talked about it on the show more people have been checking out 
the manga. And I think that that's great to see. I know uh, Yamada did something before this, and I have to look up the title of it because there is no possible way I could remember the name of this manga. But Bochi Hakase to Robot Shoujo no Zetsu Botake Utopia. God help us. Um, I don't know why it has such a long name. Uh, but this is like a, an, a post-apocalyptic kind of professor robot girl sort of anime. Very much worth, look or manga, I should say, uh, looking into if you're kind of curious about where this writer has been before and how they seem to have like sort of a, an affinity for women who have more sort of like a robotic, passive kind of demeanor that obviously reveals something else underneath. And I think that Freerin is pretty successful in that regard. That said, I want to bring up Fern because Fern is perfect. Absolute perfect. Probably my favorite anime, new anime character this season because she is just bliss. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. Fern's supremacy. Like... <laughs> There, she she's a very complicated character to pull off uh because she does have this kind of like dual role as both like the exasperated apprentice uh of a maniac but also someone who is trying i think to figure out her own maturity at the same time it's it's tough line to walk and she walks it perfectly Kayla, are you team stark or team fern i gotta know team fern all the way there's that one scene after they beat the red dragon and she tells Firen only two pieces of treasure. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so funny to me because in that moment I'm like, okay, so she knows that Firen is a hoarder and she's trying to keep her in control, even though their ages are so far apart from each other. Exactly. I, I like how the passing of time has consequences in this. You actually do see Fern understands and knows her like she would if she was with her every day for years. Uh, because yeah, she essentially grows up with Fern at one point. And yeah, the, the way that they sort of interrelate and, and get, get along with each other. And I don't want to downplay Stark. Stark is also very fun. I love Stark a lot. But I think, yeah, the, the beating heart of this story for me is certainly Fern and Freerin, down to how similar their names are and that intentional choice. So with Fern as well, one of the things that I really like is early on uh, in, in the first couple episodes, she has to learn how time works for Freerin. And there is this moment of just sheer anxiety that she displays when the thought kind of comes over her that they could spend 10 to 15 years in the same location without any kind of like change or travel or anything. And as a result, she kind of like has a freak out on free run, not like a, not like an over the top one, but it's very, very clear that she's a, a very much aware of the, of the passage of time. And I think that's such a fascinating thing about her character to see up front because she's still around now and it's been several years and the journey is going to take at least 10 so far that the the anime said i don't know if that's the case in the manga or not but uh it's there, there's so much going on with her uh for a character who tries to be the straight man of the conversation yeah but we do see that change in her right of like at first she's she has anxiety about confronting freerin about this sort of thing but then as the journey goes on she becomes way more emboldened she becomes way more comfortable around her and like that's the kind of character growth that I think this show excels at 
because a lot of other stories tend to be a little bit more one note with character journeys, I think. And I, yeah, I wouldn't say Firin is the case on that. And I also like how it's like, I don't know, it's like an epilogue of a story, like this whole thing. And I think that that's just such a unique angle. Are there any other characters we should bring up, though? Uh, uh, Kayla Chu, I'm, I'm very curious. You know, you mentioned the Red Dragon at one point. Were there any are there any episodes that kind of stick out? Because I know, like, early on, it's it's a little bit more episodic. It's a little bit more serial. And then it becomes a little bit more like, okay, now we have this overarching thing. But, yeah, what sticks out to you? There's two characters in particular that really stick out to me. One is Kraft, the other elf that we meet. Only because he, he's the only other elf we meet after we learn about what happened to Firen's village and how their race is declining because they're not typically mating. And I think his small arc where they're staying in his cabin is such a sweet pause from the rest of the story. It's just the four of them trying to get through the winter in the north he's a priest which is an interesting parallel to Heiter um I think he's really cool but I also really like the driver of the when they get picked up and then she loses the ring yeah the carriage driver I think he has such a small part to play in the grand scheme of the anime, but he makes such a difference to Firen to find that ring that he is actually really important because she finds the ring after it's lost when the carriage gets destroyed. So he's, I don't, I don't even think he's got a name, but he plays such a huge part in her story that it's really fun to see in my opinion, at least. That reminds me because, uh, yeah, because we did all, we did touch on sort of the the interesting dynamic between Himmel and Freerin, which, you know, there's a lot of implications in that particular episode with them. I I want to just really point out the comedy in this. Originally, Freerin was idealized as a gag manga. That was kind of what Yamada really had in mind at first. And there are gag manga elements here. There, are, There's a lot of humor. It's not, you know, laugh out loud, you know, <laughs> anything that's going to send you, you know, chuckling forever, but it's more subtle. It's a little bit like kind of a dry humor and there are just great moments. There's one in the manga. I cannot wait for the anime to get to it. And it's one of the funniest bits in like, any manga I've read this year where it's just like, it involves Stark. I won't give it away, but it's just so freaking funny. He's like, he has his like own little side thing that happens at one point. And yeah, it's great. Um, the writing here is just sharply funny. And I hope, I hope you all agree. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I love the bit where Fern uh, just gets really, really mad at uh, free written's gift for Stark. That's such a good bit. Um, just, stone cold pours it right all over her and like like i don't know if you've seen it uh john but that's that's one of many free Ren memes that has already permeated the culture of just like free Ren holding out the uh potion that for those who may not uh may not have watched up to this point yet it is a potion 
for perverts. That's, that's the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so uh, and and she holds it out in the and the subtitles say it's like you give this to any man and it will bring him joy. And people have turned that into a meme, like replacing the potion with things. I I, I love that <laughs> kind of humor where it's just like almost super applicable. And then yeah, Fern's reaction of just like utter disgust and horror, but just straight faced. Like it doesn't shock her. This isn't a surprising thing. It's cl- she literally says, "I thought I told you to get rid of that." They've had this conversation before. <laughs> it kind of is like it's, you know what it's like when Travis and I are podcasting. If people are curious, <laughs> John, I told you to like, stop giving out those theories. Or- just, no, it, it, it's 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 like no, John. We've explained what a Discord is before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like and and. and and so it's like telling a whole story. It's like a it's like a manzai bit, it, it, like like a Japanese stand up bit, practically, uh, which is not what you would expect in this kind of like fantasy, uh, you know, it, it, this kind of like thoughtful fantasy. But that's exactly what it is. It's 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 a stand up bit. Yeah, it, the writing subverts plenty of tropes all the time. I think Kayla, you touched on that earlier, like adventure tropes, fantasy tropes, but also anime and manga tropes, and you know, kind of hero's journey tropes. But ultimately, it doesn't work just because of that stuff. It's not a satire. It works because there's just so much bliss watching these characters like interact. It reminds me of watching One Piece and just falling in love with the Straw Hat Pirates and almost feeling kind of protective whenever somebody might new might come along. It's like, well, do we let them in? It's like, would they really fit the energy of this group? Like, yeah, it's I think it's uh, shipping for adults, I think, is the term I would use if I was braver. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan, uh, honestly, of just like the slice of life nature to this and how you can watch it it is a little bit cozy and low-key at times but also there's a lot of action there's a lot of magic uh great music a lot of heart pounding stuff but if, if there's one criticism to throw out there i've seen this criticism curious if either of you agree with it that the world building can be a little bit half-baked yes they're trying to go for something familiar but is it overly familiar does it have its own identity is the the magic in here really all its own and kind of unique you know it's like oh they're just shooting beams and they say that the the magic is interesting uh curious what what either of you might think of that kayla did you do you ever have that thought while you were watching this i do think the world building might be a little half-baked if only because it they have to go north and it reminded me very much of game of thrones like going beyond the wall Mm -hmm. um so i do think it's a little half-baked but it works in a weird way i don't need to have all these details to be able to enjoy their adventure but that's just me i guess (laughs) no i agree yeah because it's not the point Right. Like it helps it that it's not bogged down and trying to be, you know, outrageously creative in certain ways. Yeah. And we get the names of these towns that they go to if we need to have that information. We're not being told every name of every village that they're passing through. And I think that's fine. Because the characters probably don't remember (laughs) anyway. Yeah. I do think the way they handle demons in this is really interesting because there are times when there's like little swirls of like, oh, I've never really seen that before. Like the way a demon is represented here and there there is something interesting there I don't want to give away. But what what about you, Travis? Do you, do you have uh, any criticisms on the world building? 
Uh, so what I will say about like the magic system, for example, is I wouldn't specifically call it follow like, like it like it's borrowed or that it doesn't have anything to offer because it's it's stolen magic. Uh, it, it the series establishes that like human magic, mortal magic, um, is effectively reverse engineered um, yeah. demon magic, which is a fascinating idea. And if if there was anything that I do wish that the series did more, it would be exploring the demons in general i understand why we're not because we cut that that already happened in the story right uh, but but uh, great news for you travis <laughs> as someone who's read but the you, you have this you have this um I, I think there's some people who might find an issue with – I don't necessarily find an issue, but I do think it's something that uh, is worth looking at where Freerin very much has a, a, a specific idea about demons. And a lot of modern anime would uh, open open that up a bit and be like, oh, well, what does that mean? Uh, you know, Jujutsu Kaisen, for example, like the whole first part of it is the, the conflict is like – curses or, or, or demonic forces think they're the real humans that kind of thing free rent does something similar pretty early on and does the complete inverse of it there's not like this nuance or anything like that it is 100 a like no they're like feral beasts which is a which is pretty hard fantasy it's pretty familiar but it's not something that you would see in a show in like 2023 i think i think there would be like an attempt to add more nuance to it the fact that it doesn't feels refreshing to me personally though um but i I would like to explore the magic side of that not that i necessarily need like a really really hard magic system where i know all the rules and brandon sanderson's come through with like a fine tooth comb to make sure that it's all (laughs) like fits together i don't need that i've never needed that um you know it it works so deal with it is completely fine uh but just the idea that it's borrowed that it's adapted and that free run's mentor is kind of the person who was the best at that feels like it's something that should be more front facing uh for the series than it is i think it's growing into it at least you know as much as i can say right now and i think that yeah what you said about the demons like it's so interesting because that whole little mini arc there it's it's almost kind of grimdark And it almost feels like a foreign invasion on our, you know, cozy, chill anime (laughs) up until that point. But yeah, I think for me, it just kind of works because it expands the world for me. It doesn't, you know, jar the world, at at least at this current moment. And so I do have some other I have some actual criticism for myself with the manga that happened later. Uh, Obviously, we can't talk about that now. But it's still a fascinating story just to talk about. I like how there's just so much existential material here just to dive into. I feel like, you know, you could take a single episode of this show and talk about it with someone for hours because there's just so much packed in there. Right. Uh, Maybe we finish this off with a little bit, a little bit of talk on the animation, just the anime animation, the visuals, the music. I think it's all top notch. I really love this score. It's from Tomohiro Suzuki. Uh, I believe he did One Punch Man in addition to this. And yeah, I, I think that it's like, especially the Yasobi's uh, uh, OP for this is like a very specific kind of like, you know, interesting art experience, honestly, that serves the story. I'm, I'm, I think, uh, Travis, did, did that make best anime openings for Ren or no? 
I would have to double check the spreadsheet I again. So. I don't, um, I don't think here. it. I don't think it made. It didn't win the. It didn't win the votes. But like we had like over thirty nominations total. Um, since you are bringing up the opening, uh, here's my legitimate criticism. T- take that 3D statue out of that thing. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> it it stands out like a. It. <laughs> it it stands out like a sore thumb compared to like everything else that it's doing um especially since there's a great tracking shot towards the end of that same op where you have like flam in the in the in the flower field uh it's all big that's probably my least favorite it. shot in the op to me it's, that's the most like oh i, I could see somebody parodying this well yeah it, it kind of is it's a very like oh yeah i've seen this before but it's but it's a i mean it's a hard shot to actually make work because it's got that rolling camera and everything with it so it's like you could do that for the statue. You could do that. You didn't, but you could have. <laughs> so, so that so that's fair. I mean, uh, uh, you, of course, uh, uh, Yosemite took one of the top honors, uh, and rightfully so. I do love uh, the artist because they're uh, both this, and, and it's kind of hard to not talk about this and talk about Idol in the same breath. Uh, but both of those songs v- are written very specifically to be both about the protagonist and also from that uh from like it's it's uh character's um angle i said protagonist i mean like it's it's subject mm. um correct myself there before they do in the discord uh you know <laughs> it, it, you know like like the you know, like idol is of course about i who it, it, it's about her presence as an idol but it's also about her internally at the same time and uh i, I think it's called the brave uh, the the op's like translation is the brave is very similar it's literally the pitch of the show but at the same time it's from free Rin's angle it has her perspective cooked right into it which is just extremely oppressive especially since both of those songs work both in english and japanese uh it's there's a lot of talent on display there agreed agreed Kayla, any thoughts from you on the the sound design or the animation there was the one shot in the last episode where Stark and Fern are dancing, and it is the best animated shot I have seen all year. <laughs> it's just perfect. And he's like swinging the axe, you know, like doing anytime you swing the axe. I'm just like, I love how they like get his like stiffness just right with that. They didn't seem to rely a lot on CGI for the animation, and I really enjoyed it and i think that also reminded me or had that nostalgia of the old 90s early 2000s animes as well like travis was saying before yeah it feels like this show belongs on a crt tv is what it feels like <laughs> honestly this feels like a show based on like somebody's D campaign and i don't mean that as an insult for once um but okay <laughs> That's uh, Furin Beyond Journey's End, or The Final Farewell to the Dead. Uh, You can check it out right now on Crunchyroll. You can also check out the manga right now on Viz, which I always recommend uh, if you're not a member already. Uh, This is a separate from the one we normally have up on the One Piece, so that's Shonen Jump. This is Viz, so you'd have to get a different subscription for that, but you'd get all kinds of really great manga through the Viz service, so do what you gotta do. Uh, but thanks again, Kilachu, for coming on and talking about Freerin Beyond Journey's End with us. And what a year it's been. Is there anything you want to plug or hype up while you're here? I know you've been writing a, about a certain certain anime that I don't think Travis and I have talked about much on Rookie Pirate Radio yet. 
Yeah, so I'll plug my reviews for Overtake, which revolves around Formula 4 racing in Japan. I won't give too much away simply because season finale just happened and it's just overall such a great anime and it's an original anime. So hopefully a season two will come and we won't have to deal with differences between the anime and the manga. Uh, so go check out Overtake and my reviews on InBetweenDrafts.com. Travis, I know we have the the best anime of the year list coming out. I know we're also slated to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, since One Piece is going to be on break. Now, we do have One Piece 1102, which is out, uh, about to be out. And uh, I've read the Raws, Travis. And, oh boy, uh, Travis, I don't know what to say to you beyond that. But um, we still have some end-of-the-year coverage to do. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be able to slam everything in as we can although travis you might have to bring somebody else in if you want to do a best anime of the year episode because i'm going to be traveling for the holidays i might not be around but that might be okay you could find somebody else right kayla choose right here yeah yeah absolutely uh and uh that list by the way we will have uh that list out uh the week that this is being recorded uh probably within 24 hours of this being <laughs> recorded actually um so look so look forward to that uh very 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 pleased with how kind of um we seem to have a really good spread we have some we have some wonderful taste uh amongst us uh here who write for in between drafts uh and uh yeah i i, I do want to say on those overtake reviews i had to, this was not on my radar at all i did not know that it even existed to be entirely honest like i'd seen it like in the the big my anime list breakdown kind of thing uh but it was not on my radar when we had our like our writer staff meetings or anything like that like it was not on my radar for coverage at all and kayla's like let me do this and i'm like sure send one to me let's see and then i started watching it as a result like it is actually that good wow uh, when you know you know something's on the up and up if uh the writing gets travis to check it out because i you know i felt like i was barely able to do it at fear and you don't understand all the begging and pleading I had to do to get him to, you know, but here we are all these months later. I feel I feel like I'm being slandered in front of our guests <laughs> because they don't not everybody listens to the One Piece episodes where you where you pitch me on the worst anime <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I, I, I think what you're saying is that I can't be trusted and that's fair enough. But um, you can trust us to be back soon uh, to talk about One Piece 1102 and some more coverage too for the end of the year. Thanks as always for listening. Thank you again, Kayla, for coming on. We'll see you all on the next one.